This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is the Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our guest and our podcasters today. Today, we're going to answer some burning questions. Some of, yeah, let me give you a few of them, Lions. They are ticklers, these. The first one, the body corporate is trying to pre- prevent us from keeping our dog in our townhouse. That's going to be a very... Uh, Here we go. The question is, can these mongrels do this? And uh, you're going to hear how doggies fricky and snippy won a court case in the Pretoria High Court, allowing them to stay with their owner. (laughs) And uh, the owner of Alliance was barking mad when he took the body corporate to court. (laughs) So all this is going to come out. I think he won the case as well. We'll talk about that a a little later. Great. Also, uh, one of the questions, the body corporate is doing things like increasing levies by a large amount, installing fiber, replacing the lift, all at a hell of a cost, and all without permission of the owners. But Well, we're going to talk, Lions. Mm-hmm. When does the body corporate not need the permission of the owners, and mm. can they go full steam ahead willy-nilly? Without first consulting the owners And here we're going to distinguish Between maintenance and repairs on the one hand And improvements on the other Hmm. Also one more question There's a woman uh, She writes in uh, She says uh, there's a woman in my father's retirement village Who picks on one person Until she's made their life a misery Then she moves on to the next (laughs) Some have sold their retirement homes Because of her right now She's gunning for my dad What can I do Maybe we should say if she's gunning for your dad, get him a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) As you will have gathered, Lides, these are questions that revolve around sectional title issues, Mm -hmm. uh, including retirement units. And it's a show not to be missed by anyone involved with sectional title, including buyers, property developers, managing agents, owners, trustees, estate agents, and whoever, and whoever, and just for pure fabulous entertainment as usual. Yeah. Joining me today, we've got another specialist. She, her name is Marina Constance. She's a director of bbmlaw.co.za. She's a sectional title specialist. She's also a co-author, Lines, wow. of a book called Demystifying Sectional Title, which she says speaks to the layperson about their rights and obligations in sectional title complexes. A very warm welcome to you. Thank Marina. you so much, Gary. It's lovely to be here and Lionel. Thank you very much for gracing us with your presence again, man. The questions that have been asked today have been posted by members of Legal Talk South Africa. And uh, I think you all know by now that we've teamed up with Ray Green, who's the uh, founder of Legal Talk SA. And between them with their Facebook page membership, it's going up every day. I think they're up to close to 123,000 members now. And us here at Cliff, Cliff Central, with our millions of podcasters, we really are developing quite a name for ourselves on legal issues. Certainly, and the partnership is just 
Every single week It's just increasing It's fantastic And we love the post uh, That the people are actually posting On the website Just so that we can actually assist them With some legal uh, opinions Our email address Law at cliffcentral.com The Facebook page The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg Lines in our Twitter handle It's at Hertzlaw H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W Okay, let's deal with some of the questions that have come in. We're going to go through them quick and fast. So the first one comes from a lady called Michelle. She says, I quote, I own a unit in a sectional title complex and had to have a water leak repaired in my kitchen courtyard as well as have the pressure valve replaced. She asks, was I responsible for the costs involved or can I claim it back from the body corporate? Both the water pipe that was leaking and the pressure valve are on the outside kitchen wall. And I underline that. I understood that everything outside my doors belonged to the complex, she says. Now, we're going to have a few of these with leaks and all the rest. Marina, let's just take you on this one. What's the answer? Yes, well, Gary, the thing is, with the water ingress is an increasing problem in all our complexes at the moment. Um, in fact, probably... Out of all the matters on my desk, probably about 80% because of the way a lot of these schemes are, are put together quite quickly. Yeah. The thing with this question is that we have to establish where that leak is. Very, very important. A, a leaking pipe could be within my section or it could be uh, just on that 50 percentile of the wall outside, which means that it would be body corporate responsibility. So you get plumbers, for example, who would go out and do dye testing to see where that leak is. Yes. If the leak is within my section, then I'm responsible to fix the leak. Um, and that's part of my section. And as an owner, I've got a, a really huge responsibility to fix mm. because that can also affect the integrity of the entire structure if it starts seeping down into other units. Mm. If it's not, and in this situation, it sounds to me like it's probably not. It sounds more like a body corporate issue. Uh, it's on the outside. Um, if the plumber assesses that it's on the outside and that the problem um, is there, the body corporate is responsible and the trustees have to drive this. The body corporate is responsible to fix the problem. And it's the terminology is from whence it emanates. So mm -hmm. fix it. Um, fix it up and, and, and get it done um, And they have to do it quite quickly as well What happens if my plumber says one thing And, their, and the body corporate gets their plumber And they say another That lands up in a squabble Well it? that's why I'm busy 90% <laughs> of my day uh, So yeah there are going to be There could be differing uh, opinions And then yeah. we need to look at, at how disputes resolved There's a man who responded to this John Brando He says in sectional title Everything on the outside of your walls Are common property And the responsibility of the owners via the collective entity, homeowners associations or body corporates, um, so he says, all owners pay levies to this end. Is he right? Is that kind of yes, got well, it right? Yes, for the most part, yes. Yeah. So, for example, the pressure valve is a physicality on the outside of the wall, and that you can say, yes, is body corporate. Yeah. But pipes are often not on the outside of the wall. Pipes are within a section yeah. or under the ceiling or within a slab. So that's when you've really got to assess. That becomes a bit tricky. Yeah. Let's take another one from Desiree, kind of on the similar point. Hi, we have a unit in a sectional title. Our neighbor has leaking pipes. She says her neighbor does. And we have a history of him doing half-assed repairs and ignoring our requests. We want him to repaint our flat. Oh, sorry, we want to repaint our flat. And obviously his leaks need to be fixed first. And she says she mm. can't wait forever for this to mm. take place. Uh, we may be forced, and she says... 
to go to the small claims court, which I'm going to talk to you about. She says, we are still waiting for the last repair to be sorted. Our flat is looking, starting to look shabby, and we want all this sorted out. Well, uh, she's definitely got a, a point and, and the right to quick action. That neighbor, um, if the pipes are within his section, that neighbor must uh, fix the pipes. So if the neighbor doesn't fix the pipes, what can happen? Yeah. She can go to the trustees yes. and say to them, look, there's a, there's a, a, a lovely provision in the Sectional Titles Act, which says that those trustees can write a letter to the owner saying we need you to fix your section, fix what's in your section. And that can be anything in the section. It doesn't actually only relate to pipes. So fix it. In the old act, he used to have 30 days in which to fix it. In the new act, there's no 30 days. Mm -hmm. So now on written demand, he must fix it. If he doesn't fix it, the trustees can then get their own guys to go in um, and fix it and place it onto a separate account for that owner's account, not on his levy account. She says something about the small claims court. That's 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 a bit antiquated. That's not somewhere we'd go. Mm, it's not really. Yeah. yeah, we're not we're not in the realms of small claims court uh, so much. Just in respect of specialisation, I think there are much better places to go now. We'll, talk, we'll talk about, about that. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about if a, if an owner fails to maintain their section, mm. and this is very common, isn't it? It really is. It's I mean, a severe problem. I mean, you mm. look after your little place, and the neighbour's just letting his rot. Yes. And it's causing a problem next door. So it's something that's got to be taken seriously because whilst um, your body corporate may be strong, it's really only as strong as its weakest link, actually. Mm. So you've got to uh, look out for that. And again, whatever in the old act, it used to say as well that if somebody is not looking after their section or their exclusive use area, the body corporate can go in and fix it themselves. Now it only says section, which I think has been an error. So they're mm. going to fix that up. But ultimately... The body corporate must use their rights. A lot of the time, trustees are a little bit nervous to go into a, a complex. I mean, I had one trustee going in with an, a, a, an electrical contractor mm. who had to fix um, some wiring pretty urgently. And the next day, we got a lawyer's letter to say that a diamond ring had been uh, stolen, stolen yeah. from that unit. Mm. So my advice would be to go in with a, a few people and make affidavits that nothing was taken and that – kind of thing because you, you can be vulnerable as a trustee yes absolutely wow. lines you wanted to comment on that or no it's just quite interesting uh, how okay. people can actually make up stories yeah. but you know lionel as well i must just add that there's an increased duty on trustees mm -hmm. under this new legislation which came in in october last year so trustees really have uh, have to step up to um, a different kind of level of uh, liability and responsibility yes. in sectional title, which they must be aware of. Okay, let's talk about, uh, we be dwelling on the same point, uh, which is really important, the body corporate. Um, they, someone, 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 is, someone is increasing the levies and someone's installing fiber and somebody is repairing the lift. Mm. Okay. Who is doing all this and what are the rights of the, of the owners? Take us through what's mm. going on and what should happen. You know what, Gary? I think if we have to be sympathetic to owners, sometimes you feel like you're a little bit out of control as an owner. You, yeah. you don't really, like you said, they're, they're just decisions being made on your behalf and you're not sure. Mm. You have the absolute right not to buy into sectional title or into a community scheme now. Mm. If you do, 
then you are, there are certain, um, rules and regulations and there, there is some measure of control that you're losing because a very small little body of people within your complex called the trustees have quite a few rights. They really do. And they can, um, they can do a few things. Trustees are responsible for maintenance and repair and the operational running of the scheme and they've got to act in the best interests of that scheme. So, where can you restrict them? Where do owners have a little bit of strength? At the a- annual general meeting. Because there's something on the agenda. There's an item on the agenda which is called restrictions and directions. So that's the, that's where you've got to control your trustees a little bit. So mm-hmm. you can say, I don't want you to spend more than 20,000 rand without coming back to us, even on maintenance and repairs issues. But then again, Flexibility is the order of the day. You've got to be flexible because trustees can't go, come running backwards and forwards every time they need to spend money. So maintenance and repairs fall squarely within the realm of trustees. And trustees themselves can be taken on by owners mm. if they don't uh, maintain. Building in Kilani, a whole lot of pensioners in the building didn't want to repair the gutters. They're on fixed incomes, yes. not happy to spend the money. Mm-hmm. A youngster moves into the building, very hip and happening. He wants fibre. He wants fibre. He mm. would never mind gutters mm. fixed. Um, and we won that um, arbitration mm. about two years ago to say that the body corporate has a responsibility to maintain mm. and the trustees carry out that duty. But there are times when the trustees are not involved by themselves. So, for example, let's take fibre. Mm. Uh, fibre you, you're messing with common property because you're laying cables mm. and you are improving the complex. You're improving common property. So what you're doing is it, is it reasonably necessary or not reasonably necessary? Because that's what the wording of the act is. Mm. If it's not reasonably necessary, if it's reasonably necessary, which I feel it is because we're going into new era and technology is moving fast, mm. then you need a special resolution from the body corporate to enter into a contract with your fiber um, uh, network supplier. And what does that mean? That every owner has got to vote on this one? 75% 75. of a quorum. Okay. At a special meeting. So the, the, the body corporate and the trustees can't just go ahead and install it. No. They have to. A lot have, of them have. That's, Ooh, the, that's geez, the concern. Um, a lot of them have. You know, and people are crying about this. They're saying, you know, all of a sudden I'm landed with, yes. with, with fiber that I don't really want. You know, I'm happy with what I have. Yes. Yeah. So it's a problem. It is. I mean, you know, the guys are getting, um, uh, way leave orders. The fiber guys are getting way leave orders to come into different suburbs and lay fiber. But when you're starting to go into a complex or a homeowners association or whatever, there's, you've got to get consents. It's not like you can just walk in. We got a letter the other day from a fiber company to say, if the homeowners association doesn't allow us in within uh, three days, we're getting a court order to come in. Really? Yeah. And I was hoping that they would try that actually uh, because they wouldn't have won it. No, for sure not. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So for people who have been landed with having to pay for fiber, mm. you've answered the question. There's got to be a special vote on that one. Yeah, otherwise that contract's owner, not yeah. valid. Yeah. What happens if the body corporate trustees have gone ahead and done this without permission? Well, then you must decide. You know, nobody really wants to go to litigation these days. It's expensive. Mm. So if I don't want to connect the fiber to my unit, then I don't have to. But don't I get charged for it by the… There is a charge. Sometimes the fiber companies, yep. sometimes the fiber companies are, are putting these uh, structures in uh, for free. Mm-hmm. And then they're only charging the people who want to be linked up to the fiber. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, then maybe then it's there's okay. no, yeah, yeah, then it's fine. Know, as I mean, long as you're not paying for something you're not using. 100%.
What about the lift? People or whatever, so there's, there's, or, the, or the gardens, the common property, the gardens. Yes. You know, can, can they go and put expensive flowers in? Or Trustees can do the uh, almost the, not bare minimum, but what's reasonable. They are entitled in terms of the Act to provide recreational facilities and lawns, etc. Mm. But if you are going to go and import beautiful pots from Bali, like the one the chairman wanted to do, um, and bring them in, then that's a different story. You know, you, that becomes a luxurious improvement. Well, it used to be called that. Now it's called a not reasonably necessary improvement. And then it becomes a unanimous resolution by the body corporate. So if it's a tennis court you want to put in or a swimming pool, that's not reasonably necessary. That's something a little bit higher that you need more sort of um, a bigger vote for. It carries more for, weight. For all the people that are bitching and moaning, why don't they become trustees themselves? <laughs> Isn't that the answer? <laughs> well, that's what I always well, say. Well, how do you become a trustee? You are nominated mm. uh, before an annual general meeting mm. and uh, you're appointed. And I think it's, it's a lot easier to stand on the outside and moan and complain. Mm. Yeah. That's my experience. And whenever we're having a fight or a dispute, I always encourage the complainer to actually do some work. Mm, mm, that's great. Okay, let's talk about Diane's posting. This one would drive anyone, Dilly. She says here, just a quick one. There's a woman in my father's retirement village who apparently picks on one person until she's made their life a misery. Then she moves on to the next. Some have sold their homes because of her, which is quite sad. Right now she's gunning for my dad, who has a degree of dementia, but not yet ready for frail care. Um, can I get a lawyer's letter, this and that, to st- get her to stop? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Uh, who do I speak to? She says, this is quite a concern, this. Gary, if I can tell you, and yeah. Lionel, you wouldn't believe, actually, how many times this happens in complexes where you get that one person. In fact, I had a conference call about two weeks ago. Two trustees had to phone from London, high-powered business people who are being completely driven crazy um, by a lady who is just making all sorts of uh, complaints and, and writing 50-page letters every second night to them mm. to complain. So it's common. Um, I think it has to be nipped in the bud. You've mm. got to teach people how to treat you as um, as, as an owners or as trustees. And there are two routes to go in this case. The first route is to write a letter to create a paper trail to maybe give her the opportunity to stop um, to mediate internally to say, listen, what's your problem? Let's talk about it. Maybe one of the trustees can come and help us, you know, come to some solution. Always better to try internal mediation first. But then again, you can go the court route. You can get your interdict or your binding over a peace order. But then the new way that we've um, been chatting about as well is the community scheme Ombud service, mm-hmm. which became effective in October last year. Let's talk about that in detail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the Ombuds office uh, is not a new thing. It's not, um, you know, it hasn't come out of the blue. It's been 20 years in the making in South Africa. We've had research and investigation done all over the world and we've taken the best practices from um, New South Wales, for example, Singapore, where they've got uh, Ombud service. And it's transformational. It's giving access to justice um, for people who are 
uh, you have been hijacked in buildings, in uh, where the buildings have been hijacked, for example, where they're dealing with uh, really awful trustees who just, you know, fob everything off or give it to lawyers and make it difficult for them because they don't have money. Um, and I'm seeing it at the Ombud at the moment because we've already heard that the, the Ombud Service has heard 612 disputes already. Wow. Um, that, you know, it's working. People need a place to come and vent mm. and discuss the, the difficulties and they need a decision. Okay, so it's called the Community Schemes Ombud Services. Mm. Yes, yep. CSOS. You happen to be on the board. Yes, I am. As well. Yes. Okay, if I take a dispute to them, I say, look, uh, there's this neighbor in my of mine who's making my life a misery. Mm. I fill out, I go onto the website, I fill out a form. How long is the process? Well, you fill out your form, you pay your 50 rand, mm. and the ombud will then decide whether or not your situation has merit, because mm. it can be withdrawn. The whole process from beginning to end is taking about 40 days at the moment. When it first started last year, you know, there was a backlog and there have been an onslaught of queries. So, so there have been teething issues, mm. but now in a meeting about two weeks ago, the ombud even mentioned that any adjudication must be, the awards must be given within two weeks after hearing. So that's a nice time frame. I mean, it's much, much better than having to go to court and, mm -hmm. you know, waiting and, and, and having delays and postponements. And attorneys are more or less left out of the equation, which actually uh, makes it a lot easier in terms of not having shrewd delays or technical mm -hmm. you know, postponements. So what happens is uh, both people are brought before the uh, adjudicator? Yes. Yeah, so then yeah. they also um, experts can be appointed and investigators, mm -hmm. the ombud can appoint. The ombud can also come to your complex to see the adjudicator on behalf of the ombud. I mean, they, do they come and see the leaks? Do they actually come they out can and inspect? If they can yeah. if they feel it's necessary. Okay. And if they won't be, uh, are not allowed in by yeah. an owner, they can get the South African police to accompany them. That's one of their powers. Okay. Um, and the, the, they will, the, the adjudicator will hear the matter and then give an award. Before the adjudication, the ombud service might also think that a mediation is better. Uh, mediation is again mediatory. Let's come to a, a solution. Let's mm. try and see if we can work it out. In many cases in sectional title, nobody can come to any solutions. So then it goes to adjudication. Okay. Assuming that one of the neighbors is a problem, he's noisy. Mm -hmm. Lionel, you've got a terrible neighbor. Oh yeah, good? no. Uh, a noisy neighbor. Uh, another one of those. Okay. Yeah. You report it to the ombud and they will make, uh, they will adjudicate and they'll say, you stop being noisy. Yes, they will. Thing. Even if you're not there. So yeah. if you refuse to go, yeah. an award can be made in your absence. Excellent. Mm. What happens? What's the, has it got teeth? What's the effect of that? Well, so now we've got an award in our hands and the person continues. The aim is to talk to the Department of Justice so that all the ombuds awards can be made court orders quickly. So yeah. we don't have to go through the whole court process to get orders made. Like they similarly, they've done it at the rental tribunal. They have those orders made. Yeah. So the ombud is busy talking to the Department of Justice now. And that, that we hope will become a court order. Oh, it must. Yeah. Yes. It must become a court order. It's a very easy process. They stamp yeah. it. It becomes a court order. Yeah. So Lionel, if you have a problem again, then that person will be, your neighbor will be in contempt. Uh, can of a court order jail. and yeah. can go to jail. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's it's great. Got this is not just with with neighbor on, on noisy neighbor issues. It's on every issue to do with uh, sectional title. Absolutely. Any contravention. Yeah. You know, if you've built something illegally, um, if you've got a pet that's on the property illegally, uh, that can also that the, the sheriff might be able to come and remove your pet if you've got a. Well, while we're on that order. subject, let's talk about pets. What actually is the the law on that one? Can I keep my pet? 
with me. Well, again, it depends on the the building's rules. You would find those rules under the conduct rules um, of your scheme. The conduct rules need a, need to get a compliance certificate from the ombud. Just to, just to mention to you, you get you have to send in your rules to get a compliance certificate. The model conduct rules say that you're allowed to have pets with the written permission of the trustees, which permission should not be unreasonably withheld, mm-hmm. um, and there could be conditions put to that. Permission. So you must walk the dog on a lead. You must follow it around with a poop scoop, whatever it is. So, so that's the general rule. But if I'm a complex, if there's a complex and I'm a person in the complex together with my fellow owners who really we don't like dogs or cats, we can by special resolution change the rule to say no pets allowed. Mm-hmm. Finished. Mm. And that would be then a rule and it would get a compliance certificate from the ombud. An interesting change in the new legislation and a really welcome one is that guide dogs are now allowed in a scheme without having to get trustee permission. Oh, yeah. There was a case in uh, two or three years ago, Snippy, and I mentioned the other dog's name. Um, what happened was the body corporate had kind of closed their eyes to dogs being on the, on the property, and then the new owner came with their two dogs, and they refused them to keep the dogs, so they applied to court. Yes, and the court said, "Well, because you've closed your eyes to other dogs, you've got to allow these in." Mm. And that's how they. You've got to treat. One. You've yeah. got to treat owners consistently. Mm. Um, that is a part of the act, and also there's that li- those little words: permission shall not be unreasonably withheld in your mm. model rules. If you've got those words, then those trustees, you really have to put your mind. To the matter. Well, they may say the dog makes a, is a barking dog and is a problem. That could be one of the reasons. Well, it could keeps, be. Keeps Absolutely. You can night. withdraw permission. Yeah. But if there's a little old lady coming in with a dog because her husband has passed away and she's had the dog for 15 years and it's a tiny little dog, yeah. um, then the trustees might want to allow that. Mm. Or in another case, I had a Great Dane came into the complex and everyone was up in arms. How could you bring a Great Dane into the complex? Um, in the meantime, when you look at the evidence, the Great Dane was almost 16 years old, uh, just sat around all day, didn't bark, it, it wasn't a nuisance, and there was a very, very sentimental attachment to the owner. We have a um, request here, or it's a posting, um, how much interest on a real levies can be charged? Mm. New Act t- talks yeah. about um, the maximum rate allowed by the National Credit Act. Mm-hmm. So as at about June, I think this uh, was a June last year, it was a 28% as unsecured credit. Really? Yeah. So, so if you, you pay need, late, you, you can, need a, resolu- a written resolution, Gary. You, that those trustees have got to have a written resolution about interest. Mm. Uh, our firm... Uh, Collects a lot of arrear levies, yes. and if you're going to court to try and get a judgment, mm-hmm. the court will want to see if you're claiming a high interest rate. They want to see the written resolution on that. Um, otherwise, they'll ch- you, you'll, you're only entitled to the nine percent, yeah, ten point five more interest rate. Mm. Yeah. How do you get the special resolution? Well, the resolution is a trustees' resolution. So after a, a meeting, an AGM, all the all the trustees need to do is just get together with by majority ma- write a resolution on interest. Can even be compounded. There's case law to that effect, but you can't recover it. What know. about the legal fees uh, that are payable by someone who hasn't paid their their yes. levies? Good you, question, and yeah. causing a real furor yeah. at the moment. Mm. In the past, so 
a unit owner owes money, the managing agent hands it over to an attorney, the attorney issues summons, does all the legal work. And that legal bill would have been taken and would have been put unilaterally onto the debtor's account. Yes. Interest would have run on that and there were, was abuse of that situation because all of a sudden the legal fees start becoming more than the capital amount of the levies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this new act has sorted that out quite crisply in that they're saying now that you can, obviously you can go to an attorney to collect a real levies to, um, you know, to, to deal with contraventions and the l- lawyers can charge, but you have to tax a bill. The lawyers have to tax a bill and mm. only that taxed amount can be placed on the owner's account. Okay. So that's a lesser amount. It's like yeah. a medical aid kind yeah. of a party party amount. What about the fees of the management agent? They write letters to non-payers and they say pay up. Mm. Can they charge for that? Managing agents have also been stopped in their tracks mm. uh, by the Debt Collectors Act. So a couple of years ago, they all had to register under the Debt Collectors Act because they are actually, in fact, starting to the process to collect debt mm. and they, they're collecting the money. So um, there's a tariff of fees that they can charge. I think it's 17 rand 50 for a letter mm. um, because before they were charging. Sorry, where, where is this tariff? It's in the uh, uh, Debt Collectors Act at the back. Oh, okay, they, they're entitled to those costs. Yeah, they very little. Costs. Mm. Yeah. So anyone who hasn't paid their levies and maybe in arrears and you get hit with costs, mm. please go to Debt Collectors Act. Yes, just You'll to check Googled on it. the managing agents' fees. Yeah, check on those fees. Yeah, also and, a, yeah. another thing, just importantly, I think I must talk about for your listeners, yeah. is the illegal cutting of electricity. Oh. It's something that the ombud is not allowing yes. at all. Even if you're in arrears with your levies, um, a lot of the managing agents would cut off electricity, which we know works. Oh. But uh, it's still being done. Are people still doing that? I mean, a few of them. Are. Really? Are there lines? Even the 20 um, municipality officials are actually coming to cut electricity now. Well, the, the that's, thing that's is, that's, of, yeah, that's the, different. Yeah, yeah. The body corporate is not a supplier yes. of electricity, so they yeah. don't have the right to cut yeah. um, electricity. What about water? Can anyone No. T- no. No. no so, any service, even, for example, like your access card to your oh. complex. Yes. If you don't pay your levies in a complex in Durban, we dealt with a case, mm. uh, the trustees took away the guy's access card. So he had to sign in every time he came to the complex because he hadn't paid his levies. And uh, we acted for him and mm. we won the case, which said that you can't take away services like that. You've got your, you've got your route to go. Mm. You either go to court, you can go to the ombud to recover and Bodies corporate and homeowners associations need to treat themselves as businesses. Mm. They have they hold huge assets, and you need to strike while the iron's hot if someone hasn't paid. You do a lot of these collections as well. Are the people mm. still in, in their in their units while you're suing them, or have they moved out? A lot of them are tenant um, occupied. Still tenant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the investors are, are, are often the ones who aren't paying. So I mean, people can sit there for six months or nine months without paying before you can kind of do anything. Well, we can attach the unit at the end of the day. Can um, you sell it in execution yes, for we non-payment can. of? Oh yeah. 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 How long is that whole process from beginning oh, to end? Probably about 10 months really? from beginning to end. So people are actually sitting, not paying their levies. Mm. and uh, Look, you do recover everything at the end yeah. because the buyer of the unit has got to pay the full amount of the outstanding levy to get mm. a clearance certificate. What about people who just fall into fall on hard times? 
very and tough. They and it's, it's work, getting worse and worse. We know. We're finding what, do, what, do, what should they do? I think they, they, they mustn't run away. They mustn't put their heads in the sand. Um, oh. We understand, the managing agents understand, it just becomes a problem when promises are made and then they're not kept. You know, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people at the moment have got financial issues. Mm. And you need to sit down and try to structure a realistic plan without fobbing off the body corporate because that's when it starts becoming a personal thing. Mm. And they start saying, well, we're subsidizing you for staying here. Um, if you can't afford it. And if you, you've lost your job and you go to the body corporate and say, I'm sorry, I can't pay, are they obliged to assist or can they shoo you away and they're not obliged to assist you're obliged Mm. to pay your levies so you know it it just depends on each Mm. body corporate could Um, you complain to the ombud if they didn't try and assist you well there's not a dispute you owe the money yeah true wow it's tough eh, lines it's extremely okay um someone says uh we've got so many questions that we need to we're probably going to run out of time here let me just try and find some short shorter ones because um, this one we build. Um, it comes from Dineshri. She says, "I'm the owner of a unit. Every month, besides being charged levies, we are charged an amount of 380 rand for sewerage. When I queried the charge with the managing agent, I was told that this amount is per unit, and they are billed by the municipality. Uh, she f- found it strange, and then she went to the municipality and saw that there was a total of 441 rand for the entire land." which consists of 456 units. So the developer body corporate is charging, she says, 173,000 per month for sewerage. And so she goes goes on. The reason I'm raising this one, there were literally dozens and dozens of replies to this. Mm. Um, can mm. the, is someone trying to make a profit out of someone here? Sometimes they, they, that could be the case. But explain, you, explain how this profit. Well, could be. you need to you need to see what the um what the what the council is charging. It, it sounds a bit low that it's four hundred and forty one rand for the entire piece of land in yeah. that particular question. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure that anything's happening here, but ultimately the the municipality um can charge one fee, and then the body corporate as well, or the developer can add on their uh, amount to make a profit. Well, they can't, but they they do. Some of them do. Um, I've seen uh, with certain managing agents, not all, most of them not, but one uh, in particular um, used to also add on uh, charges for water that nobody kind of picked up because you Mm. don't really know or you haven't asked. You just get one bill, you know. Um, Also, I've seen, seen situations where Trustees and they think that all their charges have been paid, like the municipal accounts, where in fact there's been fraud involved on behalf of the managing agent, and they've fabricated documents which show that the municipality has been paid, and then in fact um, they haven't. Okay, so if you want to challenge what you've been charged, yes. Okay, how do you do that? Well, it's quite simple. You are as an owner. Um, you are able to go and view all the documents of record and account of your body corporate. At the, at the managing agent or wherever? At where the offices of the managing agent or if you yeah. don't have one at the offices of the, of the trustees. They cannot refuse to show you the municipal accounts that Not they receive. at all. You have yeah. to be able to see them yeah. and it's your right to be able to see them. Yeah. You, if you want copies, you must pay for the copies. Yes. You can take them away. You can't say, like a client the other day moaned because uh, he's from uh, overseas and he said, uh, they must send me everything. They must send me all the books from two years ago. Mm. I've asked them and I've asked them. They're not going to send everybody all the books. You must go and, and inspect them there. Mm-hmm. 
I saw somewhere that the Community Schemes Ombuds Services Act, which we've been talking about, um, provides that everyone has access to all records and accounts. Hmm. And the failure to provide it is a criminal offense. It is. So you're entitled to it. So this business of saying, I think someone's crooking me and all the rest, don't let them crook you. Just go and ask for the, for the paperwork. Oh, absolutely. And you'll, and you'll get your answers. Yeah, absolutely. And work it out from there. There you go. Yes, lines. Yeah, yes. I just wanted to find out, is it also, um, infringing on somebody else's rights if then, uh, as a body corporate, you decide that we are going to disclose, uh, which units are actually not paying? Their levies because you may find that the tenants are simply saying, No, we're not getting the service that we are paying for. So, as a result, meaning you guys are eating the money and now you want to play open cards. Is it, is it legal? Very dangerous. Okay. Very dangerous. We've had uh, situations where the trustees will publish a list at the, uh, at the, you know, the entertainment area. Mm. <laughs> They'll put up a big list of defaulters. And mm. um, that can land you up in trouble as the trustees because you could be making a defamatory statement Absolutely. if it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that is, that's not, and it's not the way to go. You know, you've got to all live together in harmony at the end of the day. I think it's defamatory to put the, even if it's true. Yeah. What's the purpose of? Well, it's just to embarrass somebody. That's all. Really, so then you, you shouldn't embarrass anyone. No, it's not. Even fair. if they haven't paid, they've got a reason. Mm. Maybe they yeah. lost their job, whatever mm. it may be. Yeah. So in this case, yeah. where the tenants want the information, what then happens? The tenants look. The tenants in body corporate schemes never had any legal relationship with the body corporate at all. Now the tenants fall under the ombud. Mm. So the tenants can take it to the ombud. But the tenant has a relationship with his landlord at the end of the day. And if the landlord's not you know, playing open cards with him, it shouldn't really be for the, the managing agent to show the tenants okay. anything. Marina, if we want to Google the ombud, how many ombud offices are there? Our main office there is in Ravonia, right next yeah. to the Estate Agency Affairs Board. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one in Adderley Street in Cape Town and yeah. in Umschlanga, well, in Durban. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're looking at a lot of satellite offices, particularly in the Northern Cape and Limpopo at the moment. Excellent. There's no reason for us as tenants any longer or sectional title owners, whatever it may be, to take flack from anyone, you've got the ombud to go, to come to your assistance, and you say they are. Mm, I'm, I'm finding yeah. that they're a professional organisation. They've had uh, financial constraints because the money from the units only started coming in in January, February, March this year. So mm. to date, they've collected 61 million rand, wow. and with that. I can see a lot of aggressive recruitment, uh, kitting out offices, getting the marketing. You'll start hearing a lot of marketing now in probably end of August mm-hmm. um, and a road shows. Uh, by the end of this year, everybody will know who the ombud is. You also wrote the book or co-authored Demystifying Sectional Title. We mm. have a large listenership of lawyers. Is yes. this for lawyers or for the public or for both? Or for you know, the, the book was written with a view to making it easy to understand for anybody. Yeah. And um, we on now, we're writing the third edition with all the changes. So that should be ready by say, the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so That's we can right. get it for Christmas, lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you go on holiday read Demystify? Will it be the same name, just an update? I hope so, yes. Before we let you go... There's something in the book that uh, if we don't buy the book, just tell us quickly, maybe you can give us a few 20-point checklist about buying into sectional title. Mm. Give us the most salient of those. Well, I think the one thing is that you have to check that that body corporate is financially sound. So you need to ask the seller to, in writing, give you the opportunity to view the books. 
um, and just see how many arrear levies there are, if the municipalities have been paid. You don't want to walk into a situation where special levies are being raised. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to look at the state of the building uh, from a maintenance point of view and ask now, now with the new legislation, you should also be able to ask the seller to provide you with a maintenance repair and replacement plan, which is a 10-year plan, which every community scheme, um, every sectional title scheme has to have. Uh, that will give you an idea of the cost of, of what you're going to be paying going forward. Also ask for what's in the reserve fund. Is it, is, you know, is it a properly run building? Mm. You need to be able to see, um, what's going on is there. Is it solvent really? Yeah. That to me is the, mo- the most crucial. Also just ask about pets and if you can extend the sections and, mm. and estate agents also need to get up to speed with all those things. Before we let you go, anything in particular you want to mention? I think. From my perspective and in all the roadshows and talks that I've done around the country, um, there's been some resistance to the ombud because of, well, what is this another government thing that you're paying and you don't know where your money's going? I think that we have to embrace it. I think it is a transformative um, uh, institution. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen already, I think it's taking a lot of pressure or very frustrated owners. Good. Excellent. You've been listening to Marina Constance. She's a director of bbmlaw.co.za. Have a look at their website. There's also some information on that about sectional titles. Yes, we've yeah. always got something up. Excellent. We hope to get you back. Many thanks to you, Lines, and to Palessa in studio with us. And until next week, uh, I'm Gary Hertzberg. Many thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.